God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this midweek of Lent 3 through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When Alex and Aaron were uh, in the fifth grade here at the, the school here, uh, their teacher took them on a field trip to the Portland Art Museum. And I went with them. And uh, we get there and we meet our tour guide. And she was very nice. She introduced herself to us and uh, we go into the art museum, the main entrance there, and the first thing that I see when we get in there is a large life-size sculpture uh, of polished marble of a naked man and a woman clutched in the embraces of you-know-what. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh man, all these kids are 11 years old? And, of course, I can see that they're looking at you. Know, they see it, right, when we walk in. But the tour guide handled it brilliantly. She immediately, she took us right to that. The first thing, she took us all right to that sculpture. And she said, kids, you know, when you go to an art museum, you're going to see naked people. You can't be any more honest than that, can you? But I'm standing there thinking, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm... And, I'm having feelings of shame. You know, why do naked people bring out these feelings? I mean, I appreciate art just as much as the next person. But nevertheless, you know, we have dreams. You know, you ever have a dream of showing up to work or school, no clothes on? You know, it's, I, I said the same thing at the 1.30 service today, and a couple of people were like, no, never had that, <laughs> never had that dream before. Well, then you're blessed are you because I still have them. And you know something is wrong in the dream, right? You feel exposed. How things have changed. You know, naked once meant innocent, selfless, and perfect, but only for a short time did it mean those things. Moses tells us the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed in Genesis. Different from guilt, shame includes an unhealthy preoccupation with oneself. That Adam and his wife were unashamed, though, though they were naked, makes sense because they didn't have that level of self-awareness that comes from sin. But as soon as they ate from the forbidden fruit, their eyes were opened to a new reality. They knew good and evil, knowledge their creator withheld purely for their good, now they see that they are naked, exposed, and vulnerable. And when their eye is inclined toward themselves for the very first time, they're ashamed. You've you got to wonder about this. It's hard for us to understand what that must have felt like for them both. All of a sudden, there's this new feeling, this new awareness they'd never experienced before. Their lives up to that point had been so focused on God and His creation and on each other as a married couple. Now, for the first time, they're worried about themselves. They're focused on themselves. Sin does that, you know. It, it curves our gaze in, inward into ourselves. And what could they do? Hide themselves, they hoped. It's a bizarre story. They tied fig leaves together, the first man-made attempts at clothing, 
You know, the beginning of the clothing industry, you might say. But see, flimsy leaves can't hide something as deep as sin and guilt. He upgrades, you know, so after God exposes the two in their rather pitiful attempt at hiding, he upgrades their wardrobe from plants to garments made of animals, creatures with blood and skin. And so they learn quickly that God was not wrong in threatening death at the moment they ate from that tree, but he mercifully stayed their executions by shedding the blood of whatever innocent animal that was that he took the skin from to cover their sin and shame. Their nakedness would be covered at the cost of an even deeper nakedness. I mean, what could be more exposed than an animal stripped of its skin? And so the first death, the first bloodshed happened at the hands of the Creator Himself to grant these two disobedient people the luxury of hiding their shame behind the innocence of another creature. This is the nature of sin. You want to hide it behind some type of fig leaf, but those won't do. No matter what you do to delete your browsing history, you can't hide your shame or obscure your guilt from the eyes of an all-knowing God. No matter how you try and hide your gossip, your greed, your bent thoughts against others, your inwardly focused self, it's all in vain. Our God tells us to repent of these and all other flimsy fig leaf attempts to hide our sin and trick ourselves into believing we're blameless on our own. He shows us sin can only be covered with skin. No one knows what that animal was in the garden from which God peeled its innocent hide in order to hide the exposed parts of Adam and Eve. But, I mean, when you think about it, given the way that in which young lambs were selected to be sacrifices on Passover in the tabernacle and then later in the temple in Jerusalem, it's not unreasonable to suspect that the first animal to die, to be sacrificed by God himself, flayed and filleted to stave off death for mankind, was a lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, declares John the Baptist. Behold the fulfillment of every lamb with its throat slit to render it a sacrifice in the temple. Behold the fulfillment of every Passover lamb roasted and completely consumed the night before God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. Behold the lamb, Jesus, who is not actually a lamb, but a man, God with skin. Behold the man, scourged by the Roman soldiers with their evil flagrum. You know anything about this flagrum, this tool, this instrument of torture? You know the Roman Empire, for all its temporal glory and contributions to civilization and all that, these dudes were sadistic. Who knows who invented some of their tools of the trade, but the, the flagrum was designed to shed the skin from the back of the poor victim got whipped by it, tearing away flesh so deep that the internal organs are nearly exposed. You know, someone had to sit down and invent this thing. It's like a, a broom handle 
wooden handle with uh, leather uh, uh, ties coming out. And at the end of those are sheep bones that are, that are uh, cut and then filed to sharp, be sharp, and also metal balls with uh, uh, sharp edges on them. You know, you strike someone's back with that thing long enough and it's going to tear it to shreds. In Christianity, we have the saints and martyrs, right? Those who have gone before us, sometimes suffering the same brutal torture as Jesus without bearing the sin of the world and being forsaken by God, of course. Nevertheless, Polycarp of Smyrna, not Smyrna, Tennessee, but Smyrna, Central Asia, Roman Empire, Polycarp was an early Christian bishop, and before he was burned at the stake on account of Christ, he was scourged with a flagrum. To the point the crowds that were watching said his inner parts began to show out. You started to see the insides of them. To be burned after that seems rather merciful, doesn't it? Jesus, the Lamb of God, was not burned. He didn't get any kind of merciful finale to put him out of his misery. And before he was scourged with the flagrum, the soldiers pressed the crown woven of thorns into his scalp to ridicule him as a madman with his belief that he was king of the Jews and the world. They draped some anonymous soldier's grimy purple robe on him to intensify the joke. Here is God with skin, clothed in order to be mocked by sinful men. Behold the man who, when he was nailed to the cross, was stripped naked. Look at him. Look at the man whose clothes the soldiers gambled for and divided amongst themselves. Behold the man, God with skin, whose skin is shamelessly exposed for all passers-by to mock. Behold God naked. Do you feel ashamed? He bears your sin and shame. He takes it from you, off your shoulders, onto his. Behold the man who suffers in your place. Pray we never suffer the same as Polycarp, or the Christian martyrs, yet even those men and women didn't suffer the agony of the Father turning away, that the suffering, death, and sacrifice would fully atone for the sin of the world. We can't bear that kind of suffering. Behold the man whose nakedness answers for Adam's. Behold him naked and unashamed, with nothing to hide, with no sin of his own to hide with leaves or animal skins. Behold the man stripped bare to bear all your sins. All of them. The ones you try to hide, the ones you pretend are not there, the ones that cause us the greatest shame. All of them hang there on the cross with the God and man Jesus and all are put to death forever when he dies. That's good news, folks. Behold the man stripped naked so he might clothe you in new skin. Behold the man who will cover your sin with his own righteousness. Behold the man who gives you himself to wear. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Behold the man in whose washing of holy baptism you are clothed in his own righteousness. Behold the man who covers your sin 
with his own blood and skin. As Christians, we wear him, not to hide, but to live freely and openly in the world as his dear children. Your sin is gone, your shame removed, your guilt taken away. Amen.